The perfect church service would be one we are almost unaware of. Our attention would have been on God. C.S. Lewis said that. And that's a great quote that leads us into our podcast today. What is our motivation in worship? Why do we want to have an excellent worship service? We'll spend a few minutes today looking at this question and offering offering some practical thoughts. Welcome to the Worship Leader Toolbox. Hey everyone, so glad that you're with us today. As always, before we get started, a big thanks to everyone who shares this podcast. It's a huge boost when you leave a five-star rating and review, and also when you share this podcast with your, with your worship team. And don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. Thanks so much, and let's jump in today. Tim, get us started on this topic. Yeah, thanks, Clint. Um, I was just thinking about this common theme for modern worship leaders being excellence. And there are a lot of definition for excellence and a lot of people, you know, have a lot of different thoughts, a lot of talking about it. I think a lot of it has been raised because partly because excellence is biblical, but also partly because every worship leader now has the technology and production as a default. Like there's no way around it. And those are the things that seem to create barriers in worship, whether it's words or lights or whatever sound. I mean, any of them can create some sort of barrier. But the thought I had today was that Motivation for less hindrances should be so that people can truly, authentically worship God. And that gives us freedom from trying to have motivation for excellence being what people think of us or our church or our band. And um, those things are still important, and we'd want to do our best. But I love this quote from C.S. Lewis that um, we wind up um, having the best worship service when nobody is really aware of the practical logistical parts of the worship service when everybody's attention is on God. And so um, we want to be worship leaders who are able to help the congregation and our team be free to have their full attention on God. That's awesome. So how do we strive for this perfect service? Well, I was going to ask you the same thing. Oh, I'm I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) We need to talk about a couple of these things that are, that are simpler than, um, you know, not as practical nuts and bolts as how to get the lights exactly right or how to get words to not have a snag or a, a typo or anything like that. These are a few other things, and maybe some of them are obvious, but here's a couple of them, and then we'll drill down on a couple here during this podcast. But one is that we need to be spiritual leaders who pray and trust that God has us where he wants us. Mm-hmm. And so as we are praying for our team and our church, some of what we're talking about is just going to happen because we are passionately praying and and seeking the Lord. And then one of the things we need to pray for is that our attention would be on God. Mm. And so that's a, a, that's a hallmark and a purpose of worship. And sometimes in planning during the week, you would think that we are maybe more concerned about keys or something <laughs> flowing or the guy showing up in time and stuff like that. And those are all practical things. I don't want to discount them or dismiss them, but we need to pray that our attention will be on God and we just need to do that across the board. So that's a couple of easy things here. Here's a third one. We need to pray that our people would begin to come with expectation and this there's no silver bullet for like, Mm -hmm. there's not just one way to say, Hey people start expecting more. So you and I Clint, have experienced this because when we have conferences Mm -hmm. like fire up or some other event, or we go somewhere else and we've already talked about this, so we don't have to labor too long on it, but people, when they show up to a special event, expect more and respond bigger because 
they think they should. And just that one little thing of like thinking they should. And so what does it really make to take, I mean, what's, what does it take to make this happen? Like how do we pray for and then develop this sense of like expectation in our church so that they are ready to, to worship and, you know, bypass anything that might be wrong and just worship. (laughs) So we got a couple things noted here and then you can throw in any thoughts you have. Okay. One of them, one of them is, um, I think we ought to do some things that let people laugh. And I know worship is, you know, full worship is life. So there's Mm -hmm. every gamut and every emotion and every kind of thought, but at least right now, while people are sitting around in church wearing masks and you can't even see them smile and you can't shake their hand <laughs> and can't hug or anything like that with all these rules during the taping of this podcast at the close to the end of 2020, nearing the end at least, um, we just need to figure out ways that they can be an audience just laugh, like let loose and just, you know, we won't know just straight tell jokes, but we need to do something that is fun, a video or something. Yeah. Maybe not laugh like comedy club, but to be lighthearted. Yeah. Like somehow be lighthearted. And uh, a couple more, and then we can talk about them. Things that keep people guessing, and that is as simple as just changing your flow so that people aren't just assuming the same thing over and over and over. And then in that sense, they're, you know, always kind of excited to see what's next Mm -hmm. and then able to free to worship God. Another one is just to create moments where people are inspired, and whether that's like testimonies or whatever. And then the last one is just straight hype about big things happening. I mean, Mm -hmm. just whatever it is you can say about the big thing for this Sunday so that people can know, Hey, I need to be there. Yeah. So which one of those seem easiest to you or ones we're doing well or ones we need to do more on? Well, I think a big one, um, to like have people come with like some kind of expectation, you kind of threw out the conference aspect of it. And I think like, like, the hype and the promotion of what's going on. Like if there's a big thing going on that day, um, you know, we should really like hype or promote that, which is kind of weird to say like about Sunday morning service and not a conference, but like you got to hype that stuff. So that way people see what's going on and they're like, Oh man, you know, this is going on. Like, you know, we were talking beforehand, we talked about, we had a snow cone truck, you know, mm-hmm. and how like awesome that was. And like, people were excited about it. And like the, the kids and students were out there and it was just like a, a fun atmosphere for the day. And, um, you know, had we not like hyped that up, it wouldn't have had the same draw, you know, which is kind of sad to say about worship, you know, you got to throw a carnival to have a draw, but like, you know, even if it's like baptisms or, um, you know, someone is being confirmed or members joining, like those are like celebrations, something you should hype, something that should be like your largest Sundays of the year. And if you don't hype those things and let people know that this is going on, there's not going to be that kind of expectation. Yeah. And I think like, um, Andy, the pastor here, every once in a while, he'll just throw a little line in that says something like, I'll be making a big announcement Sunday. Don't, don't miss this. Or, you know, like just a little quick thing or like, we'll get an update on the you know, the giving budget or something this Sunday. I mean, like even those little tiny things just help people come with expectation. That's like good. something big is going to happen. Yeah. I heard somebody say one time they, they were talking to a pastor, worship pastor of a large church. And they said, so, so how do you like keep growing? Do you, do you have like, you know, big Sundays and, you know, put a lot of focus on those or do you have a big events? That's what the question was. Do you have a lot of big events, put a lot of focus. Oh, gotcha. And, and the guy answered, yeah, we have 52 of them. <laughs> he was talking about Sunday mornings. And so the the idea of each Sunday having some sort of expectation is is just good. And just to get people in on that so that mm-hmm. and we need to you know, one pray for their hearts, but also I don't think it's bad to 
to add fuel to the fire of that. And, you know, yeah. when you said maybe you shouldn't, you know, think you need snow cone trucks to get people to worship. I don't, I don't know if it's quite that as much as it's, um, that, that falls in line with like the fun aspect, yeah. like opportunity for people to laugh and sit around and just talk and, yeah. and, and there's no invitation needed for that. You just say a snow cone truck and people know what to do. Yeah. And so that's just a, a neat little example. Yeah. Another one to kind of like talk about, and this actually goes along with the same day that we had a snow cone truck, but create moments to, for people to be inspired. Um, so at this, we had baptisms, remember your baptisms and, uh, someone actually came forward and like gave their testimony and it was like super powerful. And, um, you know, it, it was, it, it wasn't like a story of someone who like, you know, like the prodigal son where like they strayed away for so long and this, that, and the other, and they had this like huge hole to dig out of, but it was just like a story of their faith and how it grew. And, um, you know, I kind of heard stories after that here and there of like, you know, like the older generation of our congregation, uh, who were like, man, it's really cool to see God still moving in people's lives today. And that right there is inspiration for the church. Oh man. Yeah. I mean, if you can pull a testimony in every time you get a chance that that helps shape people. (laughs) Yeah. And it, uh, just, just a witness. So yeah, there's a lot of good things. And and the biggest thing is one, we need to pray for people to come with expectation. Mm -hmm. And we also need to pray that our own, resources and creativity comes out like can we pray that god would keep opening our door and and the weird thing about it is there's a little bit to it about momentum like if you have um a lot of momentum going and you've done a few fun things like we keep bringing up the day of the you know outdoor fest kind of thing if you have those things going it's easier to try something else because you've had something successful Mm -hmm. and then you try something else and you try something else then when something doesn't quite work like we also had a donkey here for picture taking one one Palm Sunday a couple of years back, oh, yeah. and that was really neat. And but it was really cold outside, so yeah. it, it worked kind of. And otherwise, it was just kind of a fun thing to say. But but it just you know you build momentum by getting that going, and then the expectation kind of even rolls from that. Hey, worship leaders and team members, this is Clint. And I'm Tim. And we want to invite you to the Awakening Worship Conference for 2020. Yep, and this event is going to be all digital this year, and we've waived the registration fees to remove any barrier to your attending. The conference will take place for three days, October 13th, 14th, and 15th, and here is what you can expect. First, 30-minute live opening each morning uh, that will include uh, live worship, a brief devotion, some practical thoughts, intros of the leaders who are going to be speaking, and also great giveaways. Other than those 30 minutes each day, the presentations and sessions will all be video on demand with some discussion and interaction through Facebook. You do have to be in person at 9 in the morning central time to receive giveaways. But even if you're not available during the workday, you're still encouraged to register and attend and have access to the conference content. Registration is easy, and I'll tell you three ways to do that. First one is go to worshipleadertoolbox.com. The second one is go to harvestconferences.org. Or you can always remember to search the hashtag Awakening2020 to get to the right place. All right, we're back, and that worship conference invitation we just heard, the little tidbit we'll have on the next few podcasts leading up to the middle of October, but I'm really looking forward to it. It's uh, 
definitely different for us, but like all things in 2020, we're praying that we can learn and grow through this year's conference. So I really hope you'll join us. I know I've already said that, but um, we're going to be doing our best to make that a, a cool thing. So the next point, as we continue talking about ways to um, allow people to really free to worship God and not hardly even notice the logistical parts of worship. So here's the fourth one. Pray that the worship team can use their gifts well. And so we have this little list here again. One, as a worship leader, we want to encourage our team. Two, give them the resources they need. Three, want to give them what they need in advance. And um, four, we want to help them find the best fit for serving. And so, um, Clint, a couple of these are also some motifs that run through the podcast. Mm -hmm. And a couple of them I'm always working on as somebody who sort of, for whatever reason, easily remembers chords. I don't always as easily remember lyrics, but chords aren't that difficult in, yeah. in my brain and world. And so sometimes um, we get to rehearsals and we're like, oh, yeah, let's change this key. And that's uh, that's big. It, it, it's easy to do sometimes, but it's tough to do all the time. Yeah. So we're growing in that and becoming more of what we need. But um, giving people what they need in advance and basically working it out so that the worship team can put their best foot forward. Yeah. And so all the little pieces that fall in for that. So what does that really do in a nutshell in case this is somebody's first podcast? What does it do for lessening the hindrance for the whole team it, you know it allows everybody to come to the table prepared you know it's like for us we have we get together wednesday nights and it's supposed to be rehearsal you know so it's like everyone has practiced their parts they know what they're going to do and they come to the table and we're going to like piece it all together and it's going to be uh, a little i don't know for some reason, I have food on my mind. I'm hungry. And I was thinking like of a casserole <laughs> or like stone soup. Remember that book from like oh, junior high? The, um, the best part is it's a podcast and nobody can see the fact they're over there holding like two <laughs> handles of a crock pot. Like you're going to a potluck and like, oh my god, you hadn't even said anything. And I all of a sudden got hungry. That's right. <laughs> but, but like it allows everyone to come. Oh my goodness. It allows everybody to come together, come to the table prepared. You know, we give them the resources and like a story that like, of just this past week that I think of is, um, oh man, what was the song we did? Uh, uh, here's my life. Here's my life, Lord. And, um, and we came together and it was so funny because I think we ran out, went around the circle and we each named like five different versions that we listened to. Um, so it was hilarious. Um, bec but like, that's like a real thing. And, and like one thing that, that we also do is, we will include a link of the video or of a MP3 and the key that we're doing it in. And that is actually really excellent to do because then we all know the version we're doing versus all coming to different, you know, like I think mine was like the David Crowder. Someone had like casting crowns and someone had a, a, a female vocalist. Or, yep. I don't even remember them all, Lauren but like Daigle. Lauren Daigle, yeah, whoever, you know. And um, yeah, and it's like they all do it like significantly different. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so. Yep, but I kind of liked our version. It was, yeah. it was different Yeah, as well. Yeah, and I think, you know what, you know, to just kind of speak on that is, man, you know, you're we're a worship team, but we're a band. Like, we aren't, you know, we aren't Bethel. We aren't Elevation. We aren't Vertical Worship. We aren't Hillsong. We are at this location. We are Troy UMC worship team, right? And, yeah. like, we're going to put out, you know, the song How we do it. You know, we can use, like, if you pick, like, I don't know, like, you know, the vertical worship version of whatever, 
um, that's a good reference point and a good like how the song flows. But you also have to like take into context that your band isn't vertical. Is that what I said? They, yeah. they all go on together. <laughs> but they, you know, um, you know, you are your church's worship band. You're not like whoever wrote it. That so. is a great phrase. So we're the only band that Troll UMC has. Yep. And so we got to go with it. That's right. And sometimes that could be a, a motivation for saying, eh, whatever. They get what they get. Oh, no <laughs> way. That's not that's not where we want to lead with it. What we want to say is... We want to have excellence. <laughs> yeah. Like that's the... that's the, the I mean, yeah, there's just so many things you can think about that. Yeah. Like David Crowder is not leading worship at your church every Sunday. It's you. Yeah. And so... God's put you there. Your people have you. And so um, you got to give them what you can. So use your gifts well. And do you think I should grow like a scraggly beard and wear a trucker hat and some big old glasses? You could. If there's five components, you have the flannel shirt down. Yep. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 starting to turn to fall outside. It's getting cool here. And, and um, it's now flannel season. That's true. I love it. I like all the people we've mentioned in this podcast. So if any of these people listen to this podcast, let us know. We've, <laughs> yeah. we've mentioned everybody, I think. Everybody, yeah. So, All right, number five. And these last three are kind of fly through them, but trust God to use your church worship service to reach people. Hmm. And, um, you know, worship is an interesting thing. It's a crux of the church. And it's evangelism and it's discipleship and it's training and it's teaching. And it's, you know, it's a lot of, a lot of things all wrapped up into one. And um, so we want to trust that God's going to, use it to reach people that might, you know, have never been in church before. Another one is to trust God to use whatever resources and gifts you have to make it happen. So we probably could have drilled down on this one um, a little bit because sometimes we think if we don't have everything, we can't do anything. Hmm. And it's fine to just start small and do what you can. And I might have mentioned this quote already, but I've been rolling out of my head last couple of weeks, and that is that nobody expects excellence from a beginner. And so if you're just starting something, mm-hmm. you know, if your worship team is just getting off the ground, then it's not that great to look to all these other places that have, yeah. you know, million dollar budgets or whatever. I mean, yeah. there's, there's only a handful of things that, that make you a worship team. And, um, and so anyway, that's just a, that's a huge one to trust that God's going to use the resources and gifts. And if you feel discouraged by that, pray for God to bring people because every church has who they need. Mm-hmm. So. I can't really think of an example right now in our church. Um, can you? Of, of God just sending the right resource at the right time? Or, you know. Well, I mean, trusting. there's the story from like back in the day that you used to always say about you guys didn't have a drummer, but you oh, set up yeah. the drums. Yeah, we borrowed drums for an event and then we just left them in the sanctuary because the kid never came and picked them up. Yeah. And then people responded to that. But as you were saying that, and that was an awesome story because two people came up one Sunday, like three weeks later. The kid had never picked up the drums and they came up there like, who plays the drums? And that's where I learned my foolproof question. If anybody ever asks you about an instrument or about music, you never answer the question. You always ask another question first. And that is, do you play drums or do you play guitar? Because yeah. if somebody thinks to come ask you, they are in it. Yep. And so I've never stopped doing that. But when you brought that up, it just, it dawned on me that we do have an example. And that is. I know what you're going to say. What? Is it Rev? What would his example be? Oh, never mind. Oh. I just what he says. Oh, about oh about the resources. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll say that one too. He 
<laughs> that is a great one. And since we've mentioned some people, we'll just mention Bob Satters and throw him in. That's right. His little quote that stuck with us from camp was, he stood up in the pulpit and said, the good news is we've got plenty of money to do all we need around camp. The bad news is it's still in your pockets. <laughs> so there is that, that that God's provided, and some people haven't necessarily stepped up yet. Yep. Not just in money, but in gifts. Yep. Here's the big example I was just thinking of, though. Um, in, on July 6th, we started outdoor worship, and we basically planned to do that for you know a month and then jump back into indoor. And and now it's been since July 6th, and we're still going strong, and mm-hmm. we're, we're eking into October, and we don't have plans to stop until late October. And the reason is is because everybody loved it so much. It's only been rained out once for the whole summer and fall so far. Yeah. And everybody loved it so much basically by uh, pop, you know popular demand or you know congregation revolt. We kept it going past the deadline. Yeah. And here's the amazing thing. We unbeknownst to us have a guy in our church who in college loved sound, worked for sound for Illinois State and basically owns a $20,000 sound system. I don't know how much it costs. I just threw that number out, but it's a full production setup on wheels, ready to go. And he borrowed the church van. He drove to his hometown. He picked up the stuff that he hadn't used in a decade and he brought it back down. And every Sunday morning, a team sets up this full blown, large scale production Mm -hmm. for outdoor worship for our congregation who fills the parking lot and camping chairs. It's awesome. And so that just it blows my mind. I mean, like we had that we we were never uncovered that without yep. that like need and that prayer and that that thought. So, and that's awesome because like you know he had the resources to do it and he like felt the call to do it. But now like even as it's getting cold outside, the nice thing about him already kind of being on board on a team is now like we have someone who kind of like co-pilots with Josh, who is our main sound guy. So mm-hmm. you know, oh yeah, there's been a lot of benefits to that. So mm-hmm. and so. We'll just say Dan Yarger's name so that he can be thrown into the podcast too. Might as well. Whoever hears it. That'd be great. We should just do a podcast with name dropping the whole half hour and the <laughs> see if anybody responds. See if anybody responds. All right, here's the last one. Then we gotta wrap it up, and that is that we as leaders and as worship team members give our all in both public and private worship. And um when you are giving everything, then one that translates to authenticity and humility and you know, people don't have to sit out in the congregation and wonder if you're going to be okay because you look nervous or you don't seem like you're enjoying yourself or whatever. And, um, so I know that also leads itself to the logistical side of great straits presence and a bunch of other things we've discussed before. But one summary for that is to give your all when you're on stage mm-hmm. and when you are just living your life uh, as a worshiper. So on that one, so when, when I read this through this list, number seven really jumped out at me uh, because a few weeks ago, maybe it's been over a month now, uh, we had our first in-person worship service in our family life center. Mm-hmm. And, you know, where we're at in the state and like with our precautions or whatever, we have to have, you know, we, we have to wear masks and, you know, there's no congregational singing uh, currently and stuff like that. But like... I wasn't even on stage, like helping lead worship or anything. I was there like as a member of the church attending worship and just like worshiping. But it was amazing to see people just like giving their all in worship, even though they weren't able to like sing. They were like, you can tell that they were worshiping. I couldn't really tell if they were or weren't singing because they had masks on, but like they were still like there and engaged in worshiping God. Yeah, that's good. And that's an argument for cranking out the music so loud that you can't tell if people are singing or not. Yeah. During all this. That's right. You really can't see them. So 
the masks. But yeah, that, that's a great example. And um, it's weird. Like you got to think of another way to worship. Like if you truly aren't going to sing, how are you going to worship? Are you going to stand? Or are you going to clap? Or what are you going to do to like mm-hmm. say, I'm here? Well, um, we didn't do a podcast on this one, but maybe we could eventually. But uh, just a couple blog posts ago was worship leaders will never succeed in public worship without private worship. So that's part of this, um, you know, the, it's more than just waiting until stage time to do something to engage people. It's, it's more than that. So here's the quote again. The perfect church service would be one we are almost unaware of. Our attention would have been on God. Thank you for being a part of the Worship Leader Toolbox podcast. We hope to uh, see you next time here. And we also hope that you will register at worshipleadertoolbox.com for the Awakening Worship Conference happening soon. So talk to you later, Clint. Uh, Clint, thanks to you for hanging out here in um, beautiful Troy, Illinois. And we, we, we bounce around the building here. So this is a side mm-hmm. note on the podcast. This is like officially over, but you can listen in if you want. Some days we're on the stage. Yeah. Some days we are uh, in the little nook behind the sanctuary. Yeah. Some days we're back here in the quilter room. Yeah. And I don't know if all worship leaders know where the quilter room is, but all youth pastors know. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Also in the room next to the kitchen. Oh, we've done the room next to the kitchen. Yeah. And um, that's my favorite room. Yeah. Especially if Lauren's in there cooking. Yeah, that's good. Lauren is the man at cooking. So one of these days we need to uh, create our cool intro of, you know, recorded and beautiful Metro, Midwest, Troy, Illinois, or whatever. Oh, I think you're say recorded in the beautiful quilting room of Troy. Well, we could add that in too. I mean, it depends on where we're at.